0: Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Zafar Chaudhary, Senior Vice President and Chief Digital Officer, as well as Chief Information Officer at Seattle Children's. Dr. Chaudhary, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me, Laura.
0: Now, I know you've been with us a good many times, and it's always such a pleasure to speak with you. But for those uh, of our listeners who are just joining the podcast, could you tell a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, so I've been at Seattle Children's in in the role of CDO and CIO just over five and a half years. I actually started my career as a physician, and I sort of defected to the dark side probably five years into practice, so I'm sort of a convert from being a physician who really didn't like technology to a physician who's pushed himself into pretty much all in to technology, and I've been doing healthcare IT now for about 38 years, and I've worked in all environments in multiple areas across the world and finally landed me here in Seattle.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, I know your experiences from uh, other roles around the world, you've seen a lot of things and really, I'm sure bring that into your current role. So, you know, where are you seeing some of the best opportunities right now in healthcare, as well as the headwinds that you have your eye on?
1: So certainly from a headwinds perspective. I think every healthcare organization is facing the same challenges of the higher costs of service delivery versus even though revenues may be strong, it's, it's costing more to deliver the same services now than it did three years ago, whether that's from a labor perspective or a contractor perspective, software, hardware sort of subscriptions and costs have all have all gone up. So those headwinds that are applying pressure certainly to the health IT group in any healthcare system. From an opportunity perspective, it's great to see that innovation still continues. Uh, Some of the tech vendors are heavily investing now in this artificial intelligence model. The ability to have tools that can assist people to do their work in a much faster pace, that's an opportunity that's exciting. With caveats, of course, but fundamentally innovation continues to happen. And so that's always an opportunity, and that's why it's exciting to work in healthcare IT versus, let's say, in clinical operations.
0: Absolutely. That's such a great point, point. and certainly the technology side of things is exciting. You touched so many different areas of the health system, and, and- Whether it's the clinical side or the operational or administrative, everybody relies on technology and it's so important to keep patient data safe as well. So, you know, when you see some of these um, challenges and having AI coming into the healthcare space, what are those conversations like with the different department leaders and how do you really think about artificial intelligence as a tool as well as something that, you know, you really need to be thoughtful about applying when you think about healthcare?
1: Yeah, so I think tools like AI are going to provide value to any healthcare organization, including ours. I think it is our job as technologists to educate the customers, the end users of these tools as to what does this mean? What kind of use cases can I potentially use with this technology? What are the pros? What are the cons? How can I still practice safely using these tools? And and it starts from... know creating a policy with multiple stakeholders in your organization as to what would be the use cases for this technology. So I think we have an exciting opportunity to teach people what these tools can do. We have to be careful though that the tools are used in a safe way and we want to make sure that there aren't any biases built into the tool, inequities, etc as well. So it's for the health IT team to keep a close eye on it, but at the same time It's not our job to restrict it, but our job to actually educate around it and then walk people through different use cases. And hopefully that would then bring value that may help speed up documentation, for example, allowing more time with the patient. So that's gonna add value to the organization, but we still have to manage it in a way that it is introduced into the organization whilst we manage that change because there's a lot of hype with new technologies right that's what tends to happen something new comes out and it's amazing but we have to manage that to a point where clinical practice still remains safe this automation helps speed up certain processes which will then mean hopefully better throughput and better patient care
0: Absolutely. I love that. And I think that makes so much sense. It's a great and very sensible way to approach artificial intelligence. I know there's a lot of uh, excitement out there around it, but certainly, you know, definitely want to keep in mind the value proposition and really what it can do and bring to the organization. And speaking of value, how do you as the chief information officer and chief digital officer really think about growth and and development um, and and then to, you know, what that value proposition is for you um, across the board when you're thinking about what you add to Seattle Children's overall.
1: So I think with shrinking budgets, as we move into the latter half of this calendar year and then into uh, 2024, we have to be very careful how we're investing money. And it makes sense to invest money in innovations that help our clinicians. But at the same time we need to take a closer look at our commodity IT investments and try and reduce those. So I'm trying to balance getting my team to do more customer-centric, clinician-centric work versus oh we need to build another data center or we need more infrastructure or we need more storage. Those are commodity pieces which should really be more automated that we consume versus we're in the business of doing. And I think if you can find that balance, then you will push investments in the, let's say generative AI space. Maybe if you take on one or two use cases and demonstrate that value, that's really gonna help those clinicians and fundamentally then help the patients. Versus, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I do like the flashy lights on the new boxes that come out from all the different vendors, but that can't be my focus anymore. I've got to focus more on that innovation.
0: Absolutely. That's fascinating. And so, you know, when you look at that, um, are you thinking through, you know, the innovation, what comes from within what you can build or how you can work with the technology and the teams that you have to uh, create, I guess, the opportunities and efficiencies that you need on the hospital side?
1: Yeah, because you want to give in any department, you want to give people meaningful work, right? we all, we all wake up every day wanting to do something exciting. So if I'm just fixing a laptop, that's not really that exciting. It's a lot better to retrain that person, that individual, to yes, still support equipment because inevitably we have to use equipment, but then what can you do with that equipment that brings real value, right? How do you go from people are just working on desktops to mobile devices and maybe retrain your individuals to focus on, evangelizing around mobility versus hey you're stuck on a device and then the device isn't working properly so it's all about changing that mindset the paradigm shift to you have all these skill sets and most health it individuals in any hospital have a massive amount of skill sets we just want to move them away from you know running their days on here's my ticket and i fixed the ticket to how am I actually going and asking questions and providing value at the point of care to the person that is actually treating the patients? I think that's really where we need to shift that mindset. And I think those are the best opportunities for us to grow our team, because fundamentally, I want people to move from role to role. I don't want them stuck in the same role for 10 years. I want them to think outside of the box. And the only way to do that is to engage with the clinicians who's providing the care, and then try and solve problems they may potentially have. And we all, within our teams, all have the skill sets to do that. But sometimes we get bogged down in that basic day-to-day grind, which which b- bores people, I think.
0: That's a really great point. I love that philosophy, that outlook of how to reorganize, rethink about, um, you know, your your daily skill sets and, and really having meaningful work and work that is, you know, challenging uh, individuals um, to do and and go above and beyond and, and be part of the overall strategic growth of the organization. That's awesome. Um, and you mentioned, too, you know, looking at the strategic shrinking budgets um, that most hospitals and health systems have, I, I think it's no secret that margins are tighter than they have been in the past and, and really in many areas, workforce, too, um, you know, is is there are shortages. So uh, given that, where do you still see opportunities for investment or risk that are really important to continue to make this year?
1: Yeah, so I think any tools that can improve the life of clinicians, especially because they've been through years of burnout, the doctors and nurses have struggled a lot through the pandemic. There's still a lot of administrative work that clinicians have to do to get through their day. So any tools we can build or look at that bring that down for them. You know, if you can get someone home 15 to 20 minutes or half an hour earlier than they would do by automation or summarizing documentation or even automating some of that documentation using some of the, the cool tools that are coming out, then I think you're doing, you're doing the right work for the business that you're in. Of course, money is tight. And the question is, well, how do you get that money to invest in those cool innovations? Well, the way to do that is to take a look at how much you spend on your commodity day-to-day work and try to reduce that in the first instance. And any money you save from that, yes, you can give some back to the business, but you can take a portion of that and invest it in innovation. So you know, most organizations are spending 5 to 7% on IT. You need to get that number down and then reinvest that in, in innovation, which will then either show value or it won't, but at least you'll be able to be agile and pivot once you've proven or disproven something new. So the money's going to have to come from your existing budget. It's really hard right now to go to a board and say, I want to do AI and I need a $15 million investment, because the biggest question you're going to get asked is, well, so when do you think we're going to get a return on that? So let's say you actually slim your budget down by 10 million, you could put 5 million towards that innovation and give 5 million back to the business. So that's how I think we need to think about how do you invest without putting more strain on your health system.
0: That's such a great point, and and certainly being able to have that internal innovation and, and really motivation to do things differently and and um, be open to to some of that those suggestions, those ideas is, is fantastic. And I really appreciate you going through just the process of tightening that up, so you know all of it's meaningful. Before we wrap up our conversation, I just have one more question for you. With an eye on the future, where do you see some of the best opportunities for growth and development, both uh, for yourself as well as the teams that you work
1: with? So I, I think that shifting the mindset and paradigm to thinking about solving problems versus fixing things is the way to go. So how do I retrain some of my core basic individuals to now learn some of the newer technologies, whether it's around AI, whether it's around analytics is so important in healthcare systems. But moving from the retrospective analytics to more predictive and prescriptive analytics. So there's a skill set paradigm shift there too. So I think that's where we really need to focus. And at the same time, how do we bring in more equity, diversity, inclusion into the team so we have different mindsets? And di- when you put different mindsets together, it's easier to solve longer-term problems than than just focusing on what we used to do years ago, that whole break fix. You know, some people get excited by we had 100 tickets and we cleared 100 t- tickets. I think we have to move away from that. I think automate some stacks and focus on real solution provision and, and more rounding in the business. So I wanna get my people out there to see, observe things happening and then provide guidance and advice on how we could help make that a better life for the people at the frontline.
0: Got it. Absolutely. I, I think that really is um, an amazing way to look at growth and development of the team. And especially for those uh, as you're moving to a space where you're looking for more problem solving, looking for more um, uh, of just the skill sets that are going to help them um, grow and advance their career and advance uh, the Seattle Children's. What does that take from a cultural perspective how do you make that mind shift is it slow or is there anything that you can do to to really um kick into high gear a new strategy along those lines
1: so i think you really do have to identify within the team those individuals who who are already shining or forward thinking or coming to you and saying hey i want to get involved in other things besides what i do because you what you need to start off with is a core team of like-minded individuals who are willing to think outside the box and try new things. And of course, aren't afraid to fail. That's really important. I would say to people, it's okay to fail and then pivot to something different. So find those individuals in your team that are really forward thinking, bring them together, brainstorm ideas, find one use case you can put that intelligence towards. If you can solve it, you're gonna get lots of friends on the clinical space. And then they're going to want to help you with other other things as well. So that's how I would I would tackle that. And actually, when everybody watches that, they'll want to be part of that. What I would like to call more fun work than the daily grind.
0: Absolutely fantastic. Well, Doctor Shaudry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun conversation. I learned a lot and I'm looking forward to seeing you as well in October for our Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event. Um, It'll just be amazing to have you there and speaking and I'm excited to, you know, further the discussion around many of the topics we talked about here, especially thinking through the digital technologies, efficiencies, artificial intelligence and more. So thank you so much. I, I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Laura, for having me.